Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty. I'm here with my co-hosts, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a listener prompt from Kaiser, a listener who submitted some very specific train and boat prompts in the past, both of which very exciting overall. If you want, you can go back and listen to Ride the Lightning and uh, the, the ship one, which is also really interesting. But his prompt today sounds a little bit like, it is I, Kaiser, and I come to you with a prompt quite vague, a world where steam is king. Most of your restrictions are in the tenant section, so I leave you in charge of this world, a world with a society you need to build, a world with modern conflicts you need to create, and a world with a very big secret. Intriguing, Kaiser. The tenets that we have here are, this is not steampunk, something similar to what in my dual bands of steel universe, Rob has called rail punk. Two, there are only humans. And three, steam is king. So no diesel, no gas. There may be oil-fired boilers and the like, and there is also maybe electricity as long as it is generated by steam. So first and foremost, a big thank you to Kaiser for submitting this prompt today. And remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com and submit a prompt. There's a little button for it. You follow the instructions and we will build your world like we're doing with Kaiser's right now. If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter over at Let's World Build. If you want to come join our Discord and chat with us about world building or whatever, there's a link for that in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can go to our Patreon and give us money there, where we also have patron-only episodes. So exclusive to Patreon, we have once a month-ish, we do our exclusive patron-only episodes. Very fun, very chill. They are called the Aphid Lounge. You'll see those. You've seen the previews for them, I'm sure. But enough shilling. We are getting on to the prompt, and I'm going first this time because my tenet requires a preamble. I ramble enough on this podcast as it is, but today is a little bit different because I wanted to take this in the direction of an alternative history. Now, in the little bit of research that I was doing on the steam engine and everything like that, I came across a little something called the Alepile, which is an ancient archaic version. It's not actually a steam engine. It's kind of just like the first draft of the first draft of a steam engine. And of course, that sent me down a historical rabbit hole. And that is where I wanted to get us started first and foremost. So my first tenet is a much more primitive steam engine was created in Iron Age Carthage. Now, the Alepile, as it was, was built around, or, or there were historical records of it around uh, 120 to 80 BCE, which is what you would probably consider pre-Roman Empire. It's Roman Republic era. It's after the Greek Dark Ages. And it's in this weird nebulous part of history that I know very little about. So if we get anything historically wrong here, uh, don't worry, we're going to mess it up even further. And also, uh, just excuse us for the ignorance of that time period. But the one thing I'm really excited about talking about here is 
we're running into the Iron Age, where iron is starting to be far more common in terms of usage, in terms of tools and everything like that. So we're starting there. We're talking Iron Age, Carthage, and Rome. It's before the Punic Wars. My concept that I wanted to run with is that Carthage now has trains that are running on primitive steam engines. So I will stop there because I could literally talk about the implications of this for another five minutes, but I will let Courtney and Daniel start with this there because, oh my God, I'm so excited about this. Uh, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> and I'm very excited <laughs> to explore this some more. Um, you were talking before about some like primitive steam engine that you learned about. What was that again? It is the uh, Alipile. So it's A-E-O-L-I-P-I-L-E. It was built in, well, this version was built or at least known by uh, Hero is the person uh, who built it allegedly mm -hmm. and was around like Ptolemaic Egyptian era type stuff. Again, this is like a, a part of history that I know very little about, mm -hmm. but the idea that there's an inventor who's built this kind of novelty thing that's like, oh, look at the look at the wheels spin, like kind of on its own. <laughs> I like the idea that someone, whether it be in Carthage or Egypt or whatever, saw that like goofy thing and said, there's applications for this. We can make mm -hmm. this happen, mm -hmm. you know? So I was originally going to give it to Rome and see like, oh, well, now you have like the Roman Empire, but with trains. But instead of like, you know, what's more interesting, give it to Carthage so it doesn't necessarily fall during the Punic Wars and mm -hmm. see what happens then. I know that's a lot. <laughs> I know that I'm asking a lot from you and Daniel, and and I hope that this is okay. And also, I'm okay with you guys completely fucking this up. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to see how your tenants are going to fuck with this concept that I have in mind. But again, that's where I'm going. That's where I want to start. <laughs> Daniel, you've been awfully quiet. I mean, I like it. I can't wait to see what happens <laughs> when we ruin what it. Mean, well, I was going to say, <laughs> what you mean by that is I can't wait to see how I ruin this shit. That's what you actually yeah. mean. Yeah. No, I like the idea of um, an ancient society having access to this technology. Me too, yeah. I, I thought that was really, like, I was looking up like, oh, dang, I didn't know that, like, the, the ancient Greeks had, like, central heating and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It was very expensive, and you had to have someone basically manning a fire to fuel it consistently. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, I, I was just really excited by this idea, like, ancient people are brilliant. Yeah. Like, I can imagine that if they had, like, there's this right level of, you know, like, intelligence with opportunity that something like this could exist and could happen. So mm -hmm. I, I, again, I, I love history. I love like weirdo history too. So this was right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's where we're going. Courtney or Daniel, we need a tenant from you guys to like see how this careens off the fucking chaos meter. So like somebody go. <laughs> um. So I guess speaking of central heating, that would be very important in what I'm about to bring upon our world. Oh boy. Um, I was thinking about the the environments that we've created kind of throughout the podcast. And one thing that I felt was lacking was extreme cold. So I'd love to have this be like a, not necessarily like all Arctic all the time, but maybe just much colder than, than Earth normally is. Mm. Um, or maybe the seasons are particularly extreme or the winters just last much longer for whatever reason. 
Sure. I mean, back back then, uh, there were mini ice ages. Yeah, that's right? true. So yeah. that's yeah, very... there was literally a, a like mini ice age. I think in the medieval era. You want to say? Yeah, and yeah. and uh, sometime in the 1800s as well. Mm. So I mean, there there's a number of ways that we can kind of justify that. Mm-hmm. Number one, we can have it so there's a massive volcano that just literally clouds over the sky and makes mm-hmm. everything colder for a, for well for this time period. Yeah. Alternatively, we could just have it so it just so happens to coincide with a mini ice age that we're dealing mm-hmm. with. So it's kind of <laughs> funny that you bring up uh, volcanoes because that ties in with my second tenant. How? You know, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> we need we need Daniel to, okay, to okay. get us going. So so we're gonna put a pin in that. Okay. In the volcano, mm-hmm. Daniel. Um, <laughs> why don't you hit us with your aliens or some weird bullshit? Because I know it's coming. <laughs> It's funny that Courtney mentions volcanoes because now we have, I think, three tenants that are probably completely in diametric opposition. So like, Mm -hmm. well, that can be resolved. But my tenant as written was this this takes place on a volcanic planet like Mercury, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where a toxic (laughs) liquid similar to water um, is heated into steam to generate power. And instead of coal, rare earth minerals are used from the blasted landscape. Hmm. Oh, I think that can work really well. I think it could work because yeah. we don't really know what the situation is in this society, in this ultimate mm-hmm. history. Yeah. And if there's some kind of climactic disaster that Courtney's suggesting that happened, maybe this could mm-hmm. all be possible. You you know, it could be that like they're scooping up volcanic ash and like processing mm-hmm. it a certain mm-hmm. way that they're turning it into like coal, but volcanic yeah. coal if that makes sense I mean, yeah i can no, see like, like some kind of maybe yeah. like okay so maybe like courtney's saying there was some kind of well i'll let her speak to the volcano but something mm-hmm. happened that made the climate fucked up right and so yeah. mm-hmm. let's say it's cold rather than volcanic but there was a maybe volcanoes are part of what caused it and the resulting like garbage that comes out of that maybe that's what they're using for their fuel and maybe that's also made it difficult to access regular water mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah. Ooh. Th- i mean that could very well work yeah, I wasn't going to actually bring up like a major volcanic eruption, but oh. I I like that thinking and that, you know, if there was a ton of ash, that would obviously um, cool things off. And also, mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. the ash sinks down into the water, uh, certainly have Poison a lot of effects stuff. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I just like the idea that you know there's well, okay, this is the problem where my brain is trying to do seven things at once. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking that because we're it's taking place in that area anyway, why not make it Mount Vesuvius, one of the yeah, most famous yeah. like volcanoes and one of the most famous eruptions. So so why not just have it erupt again and have it be even worse? So this entire mm-hmm. region is blanketed in ash, in, in volcanic ash, and as a result, like there's this dome of fucking cold around it. You know, so we have these minerals that are they can be lumped together and and processed in such a way that creates you know like a great fuel source for the steam engine like daniel Mm -hmm. was suggesting it's all coming together already and i can't believe that it is because i was like i was a bit nervous about bringing my tenant into this weird (laughs) history thing but i think this can work yeah can it be an even bigger disaster than just one region like could it be a worldwide series of volcanoes like some major like seismic event that triggers Mm-hmm. An entire yeah sure 
I like that. Like maybe something cosmic happened that created all of these. God you know, damn it, Daniel. I don't mean cosmic <laughs> as in aliens. The I aliens mean, like, visited and triggered all the volcanoes. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. you know, like some kind of like an asteroid or I don't know, like the sun flare mm-hmm. or something that caused seismic events all over the world. Well, why, why does it have to, because the earth is so interesting on its own. Why does it have to be cosmic? Why can't it just be like the earth itself is like, you <laughs> the earth, I mean, out. Yeah. The earth that could be a Yellowstone sort of thing, like all over the world. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, why not have it be like something that's internal mm-hmm. and, you know, like let, let's say that multiple volcanoes all erupt all at the same fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like a dinosaur yeah. kind of event is what I mean. Sure, but we're at a we're point not quite in as extreme, but no, because, yeah, that, because that is also <laughs> well, the, they don't all die, you know. <laughs> yeah, but but there is this idea that why not have it be like let's say three volcanoes, which doesn't mm-hmm. sound like that much, but remember mm-hmm. that one volcano erupting changes an entire planet for like right. years. So three at the same time, or at least very close to one another, mm-hmm. like having a chain reaction mm-hmm. is insanely world changing, and I think that's yeah. a great point that we can be like okay this is what happened mount vesuvius erupted then two other volcanoes erupted shortly mm-hmm. after so it created right. a worldwide ice age that is yeah. the result of this and now we have Carth- carthaginians with you know steam <laughs> like steam engine trains to get around and stuff like that and to keep warm because that's mm-hmm. also going to be kind of important yeah i mean i feel like even locally um having vesuvius erupt in like a much more extreme manner like what would happen to Rome at that point? How would that civilization even get through that? We could have the situation be that like whoever developed this theme technology, um, they're predominantly the empire rather than any Mm -hmm. other, you know, one. I know we haven't really chosen an exact point in history, right? Or are we saying when this was developed is is when this is happening or when it's happening after that? I I had it in mind that um, pre- Roman Empire, so it's Roman Republic, but not Empire. Mm-hmm. And right before the Punic Wars is when my age kind of happened. So mm-hmm. Carthage is still around. It's still a major player in that region. And Rome and Carthage are almost about to go to at war. Mount Vesuvius erupts, wipes out a large portion of that. Because Rome is far enough away that it wouldn't directly affect them in terms of like physical damage necessarily but they I, would i more so meant like the civilization itself oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but 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 you're, you're absolutely right in that because it would weaken rome to an extent where they probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to directly attack carthage in a way that they'd want to necessarily mm-hmm. so i think that that's where my time frame wants to be is right before the punic wars in pre-Roman Empire Mediterranean. That's that's mm. where I'm kind of situated in terms of a time frame. And then that has so many implications for, like, even just thinking about when Rome um, occupied Britannia and mm-hmm. Gaul and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, would that just not even happen if they didn't have the ability to expand out? Or or the, the Celtic Holocaust that right, right, right. Uh, Caesar did, or the idea that even our languages are based in latin and now that might change and shift and you might have a uh, is it didactic or dual it's basically two sets of like ancient languages which now are very important very and again this is why the history nerd in me is like holy shit this is so interesting because you can also look at the ripple points of like does this mean that uh africa becomes you know like under the the Carthaginian empire. Mm -hmm. Does that Mm -hmm. mean that 
uh, Africa is now a colonizer. Does that mean that, you know, it's sp- there, there's so many questions well, that I would is, ask. Like, this God. is why I'm, I'm asking about the time, because it sounds like what's more exciting is not the moment that history changes, but what, what happens after it, maybe not necessarily farther in the future, but even mm. like 50 years or a hundred years to see the implications of that change. Because if we set it at right. exactly the moment when it happens, history hasn't really changed yet. Other than mm-hmm. there's volcanoes. Well, I think that, I think that, uh, focusing on the pivot point and figuring out what and how changes that to me is really interesting because again, there are implications, mm-hmm. but we haven't really discussed what those are necessarily yet. So sure. I just mean like going forward, like when we're creating the setting, are we creating it after that pivot point or are we creating it in the pivot point? I think that we should probably finish the rest of our tenets Mm-hmm. And then kind of figure out what we want to focus on. Because right. I think that right now we're still very early infancy in terms of this idea. And mm-hmm. even though I'm very excited about what this world might look like, there's still so many questions and so many other things that could change as a result of the remaining tenets that we have. So mm-hmm. that's something that I kind of want to get into and, and focus on a little bit. So, Daniel, what is your second tenet? Um, so... I had originally conceived of the setting being in a precarious like landscape and such that the sun itself was a problem, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I saw it as kind of a mercurial planet. So what I had written down was there's a giant steam powered magnet somewhere on this planet that protects <laughs> um, it protects radiation from the sun or whatever you know power source mm-hmm. is out there um, that has to be continually operated or else everyone dies. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Does that have to be real or, or can it be something that they just believe? Mm, I would like it to be real because I was visualizing having to shovel stuff into it to operate it continuously. Gotcha. It could be like hundreds of millions of slaves. It could be, we can't have machines because they're not really there, but something like people have to actually operate this thing continually. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what would it be doing in this particular setting? Would it be like, soaking up the volcanic ash maybe i mean it seems like the environmental problem here is um cold and Mm -hmm. the lack of sun from blocking out the sun right Mm -hmm. yeah um it could be like something that provides environmental protection Mm -hmm. in a region like maybe Mm -hmm. carthage has it it's like a giant air purifier Mm -hmm. but i want the risk to be that if you don't operate it either everyone dies or it's like a massive disaster Mm -hmm. gotcha okay uh, maybe, maybe what we can kind of consider here is this idea that, um, maybe ash continuously rains down. Mm-hmm. And obviously if you, if you know anything about, you know, Mount Vesuvius, you know that that's a major issue. Do we want it to just be like, well, okay. Can we tweak your tenant a little bit to where it's, it's kind of like we have this thing and during events it ha- like, it's basically always on. Uh, but there are points where you can let it rest, right? And so, like, maybe it's like, okay, uh, extreme caution time. We need this thing active and going hardcore because there's like an ash storm or an ash blizzard that's about to come in and essentially blanket our entire civilization in ash and, and smother us in a way. So it's it's something that is uh, it's an emergency machine essentially. I mean, as long as it has to be continuously operated. <laughs> My second tenant actually might solve that problem to some extent. Uh Oh, go on. So I was thinking that 
it would be really cool to have geothermal and hydrothermal vents being mm -hmm. the source of much of the steam power that we're looking at here. Um, so if there was like a geothermal vent that they were using that could essentially be continuously active, though they might need to supplement it at certain times, like you were saying, Rob. Mm -hmm. So like when there's more pressure against the system, they have to add to this vent or add to the power of the vent. Yeah, or use some other like additional power source um, if that's like the the volcanic coal that we were talking about. I, I actually like this a lot because I think that what this allows us to do, because the tenet is, right, or, or the, the, the prompt is steam is king, right? Mm -hmm. And if, yeah. if steam is king, then like, why do we have geothermal? Like, shouldn't that be the main power source? But I think that because Daniel's machine requires this thing be running constantly, mm -hmm. this idea that the geothermal, all of that is being used to power this machine. And mm -hmm. so the regular folks are using steam because it's much more convenient because it's already there. I guess I was like interpreting steam in a loose way in that kind of associating steam power with geothermal power, like the steam rising up from the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that's like not the, not what you think of when you think of like steam locomotives or something. Right. Well, well, I think, I think it works though. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that you can have the geothermal energy that is essentially powering a steam engine, but, mm -hmm. but you know, like the main thermal vents and stuff like that, that's going to be what's being used to, to keep Daniel's death machine going. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe this, the, the mechanism that's harnessing the geothermal energy is a giant steam engine of some kind. Mm -hmm. um, and like you're saying, it's enough to opt to turn it on, but to really use its protective power, you've got to shovel stuff into it to really mm -hmm. make it work. Right. Um, and the more stress in the system, the more it needs. Um, because in terms of the narrative, I think the applications are, if this is, say, Carthage's in particular, you know, that's a weak point now for them to be attacked. And mm -hmm. it's also um, a reason why they have more power than everyone else in, in the sense of um, safety, you know, mm -hmm. because they're mm -hmm. shielded from the, the environmental disaster and it could protect them against um, the continual nature of the disaster. One idea, actually, um, this is a little out there, but what if Carthage was responsible for the volcanoes erupting? Oh, yes. Um, like they were the one, they had been researching how to use geothermal energy to, to do st something. And um, they decided to like create some sort of rift in the earth and that caused a chain reaction that set off Vesuvius and whatever oh, other volcanoes. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But then of course they probably didn't anticipate like, oh fuck, now the earth is covered in ash and we're freezing all the time. Maybe that machine is what, what partly what did that and now they mm -hmm. use it to protect themselves. But if it turns off, that rift will get mm -hmm. worse. Yeah. Therefore everyone dying. Yeah, that, yeah. that can work. Mm -hmm. One thing I really need to clarify here is like Daniel's death machine, anti-death machine, right? <laughs> uh, so how encompassing is this, is, is this idea that you had, Daniel? Because the concept as is right now is that if you're not under the protection of one of these like uh, anti-death machine things, you're just dead, which means that most of civilization is wiped out and we're looking at a, mm. a bleak post-apocalyptic situation. And, and I, I want to clarify that now so we can kind of figure out the themes that we're kind of exploring here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not thinking of it in that way. Um, I was if this were Mercury, but <laughs> but since since we have like an empire and potential collision between our empires, I'm thinking that like Carthage is just a much better place to be because it's shielded mm -hmm. from all the environmental mm -hmm. harm. And the, right. the risk, I guess, is that if this machine is turned off or damaged significantly, 
it's going to, because of what Courtney just said, it's going to cause massive destruction across the planet. Um, mm -hmm. But in particular, it protects Carthage. Mm -hmm. See, see, that's what I'm. That's what I'm curious about. Is so, what does what does the world outside of Carthage look like? Is it a desolate, ashen wasteland? Is it that is like freezing and ashen, and like you you don't want to live there? Is it like going to inhibit empires from rising, it, which which essentially creates or, or turns Carthage into an Eden of sorts, mm -hmm. right? Or is it a matter of this machine needs to stay on so the world can be relatively normal? Yeah, I, I kind of want to avoid the Eden thing because I feel like as do I sort of yeah. just did that with the this glowing city. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. Yeah, And I was thinking maybe we could keep the volcano situation a bit more localized to like Europe and North Africa mm -hmm. um, so that other parts of the world aren't nearly as uh, screwed up from it. And uh, that still allows other other empires to form um, mm -hmm. people to interact. And that way, Carthage isn't like holding the entire world's fate in its hands. Right. What are the boundaries of the narrative, though? Is it mm. um, Carthage and its enemies and allies in that area, or is it the whole world? Well, well, that's the that's what I'm really trying to figure out. Is that like I'm trying to figure out what the scope of the story is going to be from mm -hmm. here on out? You know what I mean? Because if if the boundaries of the narrative are local to Carthage, so its surrounding neighbors, and the disaster is local to that, then the rest of those countries don't really matter. Like we don't really care about what's happening outside there. So in that case, like its protective shield is important in terms of um, mm. its environment being better than theirs. Now, I don't know if that means outside of it, it's total apocalypse, but it might mean that like they just have better crops and there's their land is safer and it's a huge competitive advantage mm -hmm. um, over the other ones. Mm. We've got ourselves a bit of a sticky wicket here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really, it really depends on what kind of, do we want to talk about a story that's for the whole world or do we want to talk about a story that's local to Carthage and what's surrounding it? Because it sounds like that's what we want to talk about. Well, that's just kind of the focus that I had in terms of like a pivot point. Because mm -hmm. again, we, we were discussing earlier, like where we want to set this in terms of the time period, right? So this is the pivot point, And then we can now say, do we want to talk about Carthage as it is, as this disaster is happening? Or right. do we want to talk about 300 to 400 years after this has happened and figure mm -hmm. out what the implications are that have since rippled out in, mm -hmm. in perpetuity, you know? Yeah, I think the the implications um, a couple centuries ahead would be more interesting to yeah, explore. Yeah, I, I think so too. Okay, so so if that's the case, what does Carthage look like now? Does I mean, it still needs this machine, right, to to mm -hmm. to keep everything safe, mm -hmm. but it's hundreds of years later. That's what we're kind of get. Can we have it so this machine is basically regulate is preventing another volcanic disaster mm -hmm. from happening? I think so. I think if what they did from what Courtney said is they were using it to experiment and then they caused the problem. I'm mm -hmm. sure like its operation is crucial to that. Like turning it off is what's going to cause that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I still have a million billion questions that we've really <laughs> got to kind of nail. So, down. I mean, if, if we're a few hundred years in the future, does that mean that like Carthage, and this is a question for Europe because of its projection into history, right. have they like done what the Roman empire did, you know, since they've defeated the Roman empire essentially? Well, I, I would imagine that because the Roman empire is demonstrably weakened because Carthage, see, see the, the thing about Carthage is that it was never really a warlike city. It was always <laughs> the, the commercial at least at least as far as we know right there's so much propaganda and there's so much false history like th there is a a point of historical fact 
that is highly contentious, which is Carthage used to sacrifice children. And that in and of itself is like layered and layered and layered in terms of like uh, ancient historical Mm -hmm. propaganda. Like, is that like something that actually happened? Is it something that the Romans said happened to kind of like smear Carthage in the aftermath? There's a bunch just in that question alone, but I'm not going to get into that because again, there's a lot to it. But what I would like to see, and this is what I think is a huge historical point is because of this thing happening, uh, the Roman empire does not happen. Mm -hmm. Rome might still exist as a smaller empire, but as we know Rome, it just doesn't expand the way that it does. Yeah, that's what I imagine too. Yes, Mm -hmm. because I can't imagine with Carthage having this much power that it's going to not uh, prosper as opposed to Rome, right? Now, getting back to Carthage a little bit, Carthage, again, is a more commercial-based civilization if we want to talk in video game terms, right? It, It didn't really have a standing army. It would actually just buy a bunch of mercenaries whenever war needed to happen for the most part, right? You have famous, you know, Carthaginians like Hannibal, right? Mm -hmm. There's a great video on extra history. It's a YouTube channel that you can watch on the Punic Wars. And it's, it's like such a cool story because it's got like everything. It's got like blood feuds and like there, there's a bunch of really great, cool stuff about that. So anyway, again, you can tell that I'm super fucking excited because (laughs) history, but Uh, That's what I'm going to say is that ancient Rome, the Roman Empire doesn't happen. Now, from that alone, we can look at that point and say, okay, the genocide of the the Celts and Gallic people by Caesar does not happen, Mm -hmm. which means that now Germany is completely different, right? So like, what does that look like? We can point to a bunch of other things that are Greco-Roman or or Roman Empire specific. What do y'all want to focus on here? Because I could go on and on. Mm. And and like Courtney had suggested earlier, like what does Britannia look like? You know, what Mm. does Hadrian's Wall look like? Is there a wall at all? No, of course (laughs) not, probably. You know, what about aqueducts? Like there's so many questions because there's no Roman Empire Mm. that we have to ask and we have to figure out. Yeah, even I was thinking like all of their road systems that they put together. Yes. Uh, The other thing, uh, Romans and legionnaires even were all famously like fantastic engineers. They they created roads wherever they went and they were able to build fortifications and forts remarkably well Mm -hmm. wherever they went. So I I can imagine that that kind of philosophy still exists. However, it's far more defensive now it's more of a we need to survive let's build this kind of shelter really quickly that type Mm. of thing yeah like maybe they turned into more nomadic people and um tend to travel around build up shelter when they need it kind of scavenge from the earth to survive as they go Mm -hmm. and i i do want to point out one more thing is that whatever our conjecture might be it is going to be wrong because we (laughs) cannot we cannot guess as to what might have happened in history. So if anyone's getting really tightly wound up as to like, well, obviously that's wrong. Fuck that. Like, don't have that in your mind. Just understand that we're coming at this from a very fantastical point of view. So whatever we're talking about, if it's wrong, 
write us a letter, let us know, like, here's what might've changed. But that's, that's, I want to get that out again because we're dealing with alt history mm-hmm. and that in and of itself is like such a fucking horn. Well, I mean, like, and who is to say, like, it doesn't matter how much historical knowledge you might have. You can't predict what will happen. You couldn't, you can't definitively say X or mm-hmm. Y happened. All you can do is make your case, you know, and one might sound more plausible than the other, but exactly. no one could really know, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So exactly. if you're criticizing us, well, fuck you. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to say like, that's okay, but also fuck you. Like, I want to make sure that <laughs> right, we get exactly. both in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like granted, if we said something that wasn't historically accurate, that's, that's, that's one thing, but a projection <laughs> is fictional, you know? Yes, yes, yes. yes. And, and one thing I do want to focus on again here is right. Like, we're missing two big points within the prompt itself that I do want to sit down and talk about. One, Kaiser gave us the, the suggestions, what is the modern conflict that we're seeing now? Mm-hmm. And two, what is the major secret that is mm-hmm. going on? And those are two things that I think if we focus on now, we will have a much clearer vision for what our setting will look like in this alternative history. I think mm-hmm. that those two questions, once we answer them, those are the key to the rest of what we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, couldn't Carthage's um, sort of creation of this disaster and and also their, their hold over the status of other volcanoes, um, could that potentially be the secret itself? Mm-hmm. It seems like it would be. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think other civilizations would be aware that they were the ones responsible for this, mm-hmm. uh, nor that they have some sort of machine that like keeps everything else from going nuts. I mean, it may not be apparent either why Carthage is in such better condition than everyone mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. It could just be like a we were favored by the gods type mm-hmm. situation. With, with that though, I mean, espionage is sure to happen. Mm-hmm. So what does yeah. what does that suggest? I mean, like America wasn't able to keep the the secret of the atomic bomb for more than 5 years. Like mm-hmm. Carthage would even be leakier than that because of how, you know, just civilization worked. Right. So I imagine that that secret gets out rather quickly. Yeah. But I mean, even then, like, would people necessarily believe that? Like you were talking about how there there are sort of rumors that historically Carthage had sacrificed children. Like, Mm -hmm. could it be similar to that where a lot of people just see that as like some weird rumor that some Mm -hmm. some guy decided to spread? Well, that was that was like a, a deliberate historical type of thing on the part of Rome to do that. Yeah. There's a great line that I always think about uh, when it comes to ancient history. And I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, and I will say it again, which is ancient history is uh, as we know it is false, but we must believe it to be true. And what that means is that everything that we look at in terms of ancient history is wrong because the people who wrote it had an agenda, even Herodotus, who is known as like the great-great-grandfather of history, he had an inherent Greek bias that he he's not going around being like, oh, well, the Persian Empire this compared to the Greeks. It's like, no, his accounts are incorrect, but we have to believe them because without that information, we have no knowledge, no true knowledge of the past. So mm-hmm. want to toss that out there again. I love this shit. My jam. I love it. It's great. Uh, I want to get back to the conflict, though, uh, in this potential secret, is there maybe a continual kind of espionage war going on 
and I think that's a great idea, Courtney, is that maybe that's where we focus on is there's a propaganda war that's happening. Mm, yeah. I have a feeling um, that Rome could still be a player and maybe like instead of being kind of the imperial domination that they were about in the past, like they're more about, um, you know, being the small rebel faction that's mm. seeking to undermine Carthage through propaganda. Yeah. And political intrigue. Mm. Part of me can't help but think that Rome gets just absolutely smashed to pieces by Gaul and the Celts at some <laughs> point too. I'm thinking they're in the position that, you know, of being a small faction that's no longer relevant and their goal mm. is to expose um, Carthage's treachery against the world. Yeah. And I think the fact that that region is kind of ruined is almost mm. beneficial to them in a way because it mm -hmm. means that other groups are less likely to invade if it's just like, uh, this place is full of volcanic ash, we can't farm here, we can't do anything. Mm -hmm. um, so the survivors are kind of left to their own devices. Can, can we do one thing, though? Uh, mm -hmm. I, I know that we love a good plucky underdog story, but can we make Rome not the good guys <laughs> for once? I mean, they don't have to be good with being yeah. a rebel faction. I'm just saying that right. the power relationship is mm -hmm. that. Carthage has the power and, and Rome is a small rebel faction. I, I yeah. really want, when, when you say rebel faction, I'm thinking of like Star Wars. I'm <laughs> thinking of the American Revolution. These are all positive things. I want them to be fucking terrorists. I don't want them to be rebels. I want them to be I mean, agitators, terrorists. Maybe they're the ones who are trying to take down this machine. That's that's what I was thinking. And yeah. I mean, in, in some ways, like, whoever writes history or whoever right. wins decides like terrorist versus like noble rebel faction. Yes. Right. Um, so yeah, in this case, I, I do think that it would make sense for the surviving Romans to be trying to um, sabotage this machine and potentially as just like a fuck it. If like, if we're going to be ruined, then everybody else has to be fucked too. I'm okay with that. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it very much uh, aligns with what I know of the Roman kind of, uh, spirit of that time mm -hmm. where it's like, fuck you got mine, you know, like mm -hmm. that type mm -hmm. of thing. I mean, it's, it's fair to say any of these civilizations are not necessarily good guys. Like oh, no. yeah, yeah. Carthage withholding the information it's withholding is pretty evil unto itself. And, and, and more to that point, there's no such thing in history as a good civilization. It is inherently neutral. It is inherently uh, selfish because mm -hmm. all it wants is to propagate and grow and control. Yeah, I mean, so, nations yeah. are rational actors, right? Uh, yes, yeah, mm -hmm. we can, we can, uh, we can agree on that for sure. Yeah. So, so is the secret the Carthage secret, or is it something else? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy with it being something else. If you guys want to, uh, that, that's other... a genuine question. Yeah. I, I'm bringing this up because we have the Carthaginian secret already built mm -hmm. in, right? I think it's simple enough. Like I yeah. don't need, see a need to complicate that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that and that's not a bad idea either. I mean, there's probably a twist of some sort mm. which would change the nature of the secret, but you know, we haven't really gotten there. You mm. say that because we're almost at the twist at some point, <laughs> right? Like, well, I mean, like in any big secret, there's always some twist about it. That's what I mean to say. Like, yeah. it's it's always like yes and to the secret, and then there's some ripple in it that makes the big bad guy not as bad or it makes the good guys not as good. You know, mm -hmm. like there's always some narrative yeah. trick with the big secret. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rob, had you done your second tenet? Was it like all kind of mashed into one at the start? I basically crammed seven tenets yeah, into one yeah, that's <laughs> with mine. So I'm fine with just okay. the mega tenet that I had and started out. I, I, I didn't really have anything because I knew that that was so specific and mm -hmm. also like massive that I'm like, this is all I need for this episode. I really yeah, don't need to bring in sense. a second tenant. 
again. Mm. Um, because like, like I said, it's, it's more like several tenets rolled into one, but anyway, mm. that's not important. Uh, so, so what is, what's the modern conflict now? We have the secret. I would like to focus on a conflict that is not related to the Romans. It is, let's say that Carthage is the big, the, the big player now. They're having their agitprop war with the Romans, <laughs> with the Roman terrorists. Can we come up with another conflict that might be inter- equally interesting, uh, that, but unrelated to Rome? I wish I knew more about Africa in this era because I feel like it would be interesting to explore mm-hmm. explore that area too. Yeah, I mean, I think that like maybe creating a Ptolemaic League with like Carthage, Egypt would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, idea that's not really necessarily related to a conflict or anything, but um, what if due to volcanic activity and extreme heat, like the Saharan Desert became a field of glass? Glass, you Ooh, say? I like that's that. That's interesting. That's neat. <laughs> Let me, hold on. Let's do it. I don't care what the science is. This is, okay. <laughs> if we're saying fuck it to the to the science, then that's fine. I mean, when you heat up glass, or when you heat up sand, rather, it turns into glass, right? Uh, uh, right, but I mean, what we're talking about is, I thought we were going extreme cold, so where where did that happen? I think we said extreme temperatures. Just the right. initial um, explosions, or the initial mm-hmm. volcanic activity. Gotcha. Did that, <laughs> and then it then the ash made everything colder. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ooh, I, a glassy, cold landscape. That's mm-hmm. neat. Th- yeah. That is neat. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I hate to be this guy who's like, oh, but there's no volcanoes near I, like I the know, Sahara. I know. But like, I, I <laughs> this is alternate history, though. There could fun. be a volcano there as a result of all these weird um, uh, seismic experiments that were performed. Carthage <laughs> fucked everything up. Yeah. The thing is, is like this is impinging on the domain of science fiction to an extent, right? Yeah, that's true. true. And what I mean to say by that is like every time some technician will tell you that can't happen because of X, all it takes is you to ask the right questions of a different technician into sense of how can I make this happen? And then you Mm -hmm. put those things in play and it works. So like if if someone's out there saying, oh, there can't be glass in the desert, that's ridiculous. I'll just ask some other geothermic physicists ask them how can i make that happen and they'll find a way <laughs> okay 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 how, how about this how about this maybe we can find a way because when this major event happened it cracked open some kind of tectonic plate and there's like a bunch of magma that comes up and super quickly like just basically glassifies half mm-hmm. of the sahara how about that does that work yeah, there you go that works. okay and obsidian too could come out of that yeah you can have a mix why not yeah, right yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so we've got this. I, I also like the idea, by the way, that there is like a Tunisian or rather uh, a Carthaginian slash Egyptian league. Like if you look at a map mm-hmm. now, uh, where Carthage was is where Tunisia is today. Then Egypt's all the way in the east. And then in the middle, there's Libya. So let's let's say for, for the sake of this, that Carthage, as we know it, the Carthaginian league is Tunisia, Libya, and Egypt in a modern map, right? Mm. And then we can kind of go from there. That's a massive empire, by the way. Like that is essentially what is the the Greek, or rather the Roman Empire. But because we have mm. trains, guess what? That's it true. all works out. It's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, could that be the other conflict? Something having to do with um, 
Oh, we could have like train robberies. Right. <laughs> oh, but like Iron Age train robberies. Right, right. Yo, that's like that's crazy to like think how about. about something as simple as maybe they're trying to establish the first um I mean there's obviously train networks that have already been created over these hundreds of years, but maybe right. there's like some giant um passageway they're building that requires cooperation within this league and mm. requires yeah. finagling of all these you know interests mm-hmm. and this is big enterprise and that's the conflict that's separate from them trying to destroy the world the romans you know? <laughs> okay okay what do you what do you mean by that let's start over so like think of it like okay you know not not that we're doing this but like suppose you're building like a transcontinental like highway you know of the future or something and not that, i'm not saying we're doing that in the setting doing that requires all kinds of negotiations with everyone along the way of that of that passage mm-hmm. so maybe there's some kind of giant um rail passageway that's being built to make commerce way more efficient across all the nations in this league and so they've got to like cooperate with each other and figure out who's going to do what and that's where you get your train robberies so Mm -hmm. you're saying daniel that they're trying to create a massive train system over the glass sahara (gasps) yeah yes i was envisioning that too yeah yes yeah yeah yeah. because the sahara is famously something that prevents a lot of travel Mm -hmm. and a lot of trade from happening Mm -hmm. you had caravans you had caravanasseries that were specifically designed with that in mind but now that that's basically gone yeah boy is that is something that can happen now (laughs) oh my goodness so the conflict is economic really and then that gives Mm -hmm. you a lot of fun things you can do with it i i like the idea that there is a bunch now we're talking about like central africa that's mm-hmm. getting involved now we're talking about because we can leave you know kind of europe to be cold and miserable on its own <laughs> and then we can talk specifically about africa and what that might look like in terms of uh right. historical mm-hmm. stuff because uh oh man uh i i think where we are right now so we're talking about like 500 ce at this point correct yes i'm around there okay okay for what year what year did we start? Right around like 80 CE, 80 BC. Okay, okay. So around that time, like Iron Age-ish, but yeah. like on, on the cusp of like that transition over. Mm-hmm. I think what what I would need from the rest of the setting in order for me to feel good about it is for us to like have a little bit of time for me to do a little bit more research into ancient African history mm-hmm. I so I can really like come back and be like, oh my God, you guys, here's what we've got, you know? I think that here is a great stopping point where we can kind of talk about maybe adding in a twist and mm-hmm. then going from there. How do y'all feel about that? Yeah, that works for me. I, I agree that I would like to do some reading before mm-hmm. we uh, do the next episode. Fantastic. So we've got a lot of really interesting stuff going on here. And I think it's time to add in a twist. Uh, before I do, any other last minute comments, shots in the dark, what have you? Nope. I think, I think we've also kind of decided the parameters of the narrative and that um, we're not really interested about what's happening across the ocean. Or it's mm-hmm. not yet. Yeah. We're, well, we're still talking about like North Africa, like Mediterranean era specifically. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then right. and we, we might even go South into, you know, like mm-hmm. Western or Central Africa, something like that. Yeah. So it seems yeah. like Africa, we're car- you know, that kind of area is the focus. Yes. Yeah, and probably a bit of the okay. Middle East too, as we right. as we expand out. Yeah, I was thinking actually that what's that like enormous volcano in Iceland? Maybe that was that was also in this, and that's why Europe is just like extra fucked right now. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. yeah. 
just completely rewrite history and then talk about what happens. Yeah, that's yeah. not hard. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our twist is going to be everything you know is wrong. Uh, I think that's accurate anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this particular (laughs) instance, I think that's going to be really, I think there's a lot to work with here. So I'm really fascinated to see what's going on there. Mm -hmm. Ancient astronauts, obviously. Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Yeah. Oh no, no, we can just say ancient aliens the entire time. All those, all those ancient alien shit. That was true. Thought that's ancient astronauts. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we're on the same page. Great. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, that will do it for this episode of world build with us we're going to deal with that twist next episode and if you want to submit your own prompt like kaiser did and have us build your world you can always go to our website worldbuildwithus.com follow the instructions where it says submit prompt or whatever the button's called nowadays and we will build your world within a reasonable amount of time if you want to follow us on social media you can do so over on twitter at let's world build Or if you want to join our community on Discord, you can do so with a link for that in the description. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can go to our Patreon and give us money over there and get exclusive patron-only episodes and as well as all sorts of other cool stuff like getting the podcast early, all that good stuff. But enough with all that. That is this episode of World Build With Us in the bag. Remember that we love you very much. We're going to get through this together. Until next week.